0: 1 Samuel 1, 1 through 1-20. There was a certain man of Ramathaim Zophim, of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroam, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zoth, an Ephrathite. He had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children." Now this man used to go up year by year from the city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel. For she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God.
1: All right, Jennifer, great job reading that passage. Yes, the, thank the, you. The Thanks be to God reading. I got through I it. Mean, yeah. yeah. When you get a Rama Ramathim, ra- Zophim, you know, it's a, it's a difficult thing to do, but you did a great job well, reading. Well, thank you. Mm. Very good. Mm. Um, okay, so we're starting out the book of 1 Samuel, mm. and we're doing a little bit of a, I like to call this an ODR parachute, <laughs> uh, because we were just in 1 Timothy, is that right? Uh, Will Carlisle?
2: Yes, Barrett. Okay, that is right. So we were just
1: in First Timothy, and now we're going to First Samuel. <laughs> right. And it, you know, a Why great not? book, but like New Testament. Mm. Now jumping into the Old Testament, but really kind of what could go par- wrong? Really kind of parachuting into the middle of this Old Testament narrative. Right. And so I feel like we need to give a little context before we kind of jump down into the details of, of what's going on here with with Hannah and Eli and Elkanah and and all these all these guys. So basically, 1 Samuel is kind of an extension or a continuation of the book of Judges.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the book of Judges, basically what's going on is you have Israel who wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and then they ended up going into the promised land that the Lord had promised them. They're in the promised land. And what do they do when they get into the promised land? They mess everything up (laughs) and they have no king that is over them. No kind of governing authority. And so God Mm -hmm. starts to appoint all these judges who are kind of bringing them back in line. But even the judges themselves, guys like Samson or, you know, Mm -hmm. not the best character and, Mm -hmm. and things like that. And so Judges is just this very dark, dark time in the life of Israel. And it says at the end of Judges that every man is doing what's right in his own eyes. And so that's a, that's a very difficult time. And so then it moves straight into first Samuel and Samuel is kind of the last of the judges. And, uh, we get into, we get into, uh, this book of first Samuel. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. we, we jump in here. Israel still has no King, but they have a judge Samuel, uh, or they're going to have another judge Samuel. And then Eli is the acting high priest in the temple of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so that's kind of where we are in first Samuel and then it starts out and we have this, we're introduced to this couple Elkanah and Hannah, which Mm -hmm. Elkanah has two wives and one who seemingly has a lot of, a lot of kids. And Mm -hmm. so Elkanah takes, it says that he goes up to, uh, to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh and, um. And so he goes up there with his two wives and he says that one wife has like many sons and daughters and then Hannah doesn't have any children. Mm. And yet it's, he says that he's given her a double portion and he, because he loved her, even though the Lord had closed her womb. And so, Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where it is in the, in the story. And then uh, we can kind of dive down into some of the details and learn some interesting stuff here in the first chapter of first Samuel.
0: Right. No, I think this is a great setup. Um, Yeah, this book is highlighting this time in history that, I mean, you think about the people of God and how they had received the promises from Abraham, and it was that they would, um, you know, that God would make Abraham, um, give him a family, make him a great nation, that they would have land, and then that one would bless the whole world that they would you know when the seed of abraham would bless the whole world so it's like if you think about the people at this time they are experiencing they have experienced two fulfillments of those of those promises they are a great nation Mm -hmm. um they have taken the land but it is still not turning out well like you said because of their um heart issues but they still are waiting for the the one Hmm. um to bless the whole world and that they themselves will bless the whole world in this way so um I think that kind of sets up That's interesting when you think of this big problem with the nation of Israel and where they are in faith, um, that it zooms in on this little domestic situation where you have a woman who is longing for a child. um, But I think that's supposed to point us to this longing, what the nation of Israel should have been longing for, Hmm. the continued fulfillment of promises, and also with their hearts turned to the Lord, and yet they didn't. Mm. But then, what we see in this woman is she actually does turn to mm. the Lord, even though he is the one who has closed her womb. So, I think that's like this really beautiful picture of what faith is that you trusting not only God's sovereignty and recognize his authority of your life, but you also recognize his goodness and you turn to him, you know, no matter what.
2: Right. Yeah. I I do find it really interesting. You talk about how it opens this book opens with this domestic, you know, sort of circumstance. And the Bible is really unique in this, that, you know, we like in this book alone, we'll see some of the most uh, significant moments in Israel's political history, Mm -hmm. you know, like including like up until today, like this is where Saul is anointed King later in this book. Mm -hmm. And, So sort of like the establishment of the monarchy, but you also get these really intimate pictures of um, home life that, and, you know, we'll, we'll see this with David and, you know, we, we get these really interpersonal stories Mm -hmm. that then play out and affect everything else. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's interesting in verse five that it talks about how the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. Mm I, 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 I thought about uh, a few weeks ago when Thomas preached on Jesus in the wilderness and mm-hmm. kind of how the Lord can oftentimes speak to us most when we're in these, when we're kind of in the wilderness, you know, wilderness in quotations, right. when we're having right. this wilderness experience. And I would say Hannah here is very much having a wilderness experience. Yes. Not only can she not have a child, which she's also looking at like her you know Elkanah's other wife who has a bunch of a bunch of children she has no children but but it says in verse six that her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because Mm. the Lord had closed her womb so she's got this other woman I don't know if it's the other wife or some other woman Uh that's like provoking her and is you know just kind of turning the knife inside of her and so she's having this wilderness experience but in that You see Hannah just has this amazing faith. Right. Uh, And and she seems to be turning to the Lord. Right. And I think we see that kind of play out later in the passage. Definitely.
0: And I think um, especially in the Old Testament, well, even in the New with Mary, you have these pictures, you know, barrenness and then fruitfulness is a theme that you see all through the Bible. Right. But it also points me back to what, um, you know, back when we just went through 1 Timothy, when it talked about, you know, those really honestly weird verses that's like a woman shall be saved through childbearing Is like what does that mean well I think you see this set up with Eve that her seed would crush mm-hmm. the head of the serpent and so there is an element of faith for the the woman of God that she would have and desire mm-hmm. children that this one mm-hmm. there would be a child to come who would be the redeemer mm-hmm. and I think then that was reiterated through the promises to Abraham so Yes, there's a natural longing, and I think it's also supposed to point us to a spiritual longing mm. um, for the Son, for the Christ, the Redeemer. But I think a woman of faith in this time, she is participating in the promises of God by longing mm. for a mm. son. So yeah. I, I agree. I think that that points to her that this is a woman of faith, not only just because she she did turn to the Lord and ask him, but that she, this is like her way of participating in the promises of God. Mm-hmm. That's right.
2: I think we also have to note um, this story. It sounds really familiar in a lot of parts. And, you know, there's mm-hmm. the story of Jacob with Leah and Rachel, mm-hmm. and they kind of have their own little offspring battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one is a little more of like a, <laughs> Leah had a baby and then Rachel had a baby. Right. But um, it's, it's a really similar tone. And then we even have... Um, back with Abraham, when Hagar bo- uh, bears um, right. Ishmael. Wait, right. Ishmael, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, She, there's this passage where it seems like she's provoking Sarah, and, and that's where Sarah drives her right. away. Mm-hmm. And so this really is, you know, just in a literary sense, it's crafted in a way that is very resonant with the whole story of the Bible mm-hmm. leading up Hang until on. now. And then, yeah, car- carrying on, uh, yeah. we meet Samuel.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, it's interesting to see Hannah's response. Like in verse 15, she, sa- she says, I- I'm, I'm a woman. She's responding to Eli. So so the high priest kind of comes to her and is kind of giving her a hard time. Like, yeah. woman, are you drunk? Like, right. have you been drinking strong right. drink?
0: And is I think it... that actually kind of points to like a cynicism <laughs> in the yeah. spiritual leadership of the time. I mm. mean, it could have why did he jump to that conclusion yeah. as opposed to a compassion for someone who's yeah. crying or an investigation? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it does kind of highlight this like that the that the com- yeah. um the country had fallen into this yeah. cynicism as opposed to faith. And like, Eli does that. not end on a good note either. No, exactly. Like, Eli, so anyway, she's, she's carry on. Yeah. Not so yeah. On a good note. Yeah. yeah. So I right.
1: think that's a I think that's a, you know, an accurate interpretation of that. But she so she responds to this, you know, cynical Eli. And says, "No, my Lord, I'm I'm a I am a woman troubled in spirit. I've drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I've been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Mm. And so mm. that that just like really sticks out to me. I've been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Right. When when is the last time you felt like you poured mm. your soul out before the Lord? Mm. Gosh, uh, yeah. I, I think it's just a great question for us to ask. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. when hard times come, like what do you turn to? When you're yeah. in those wilderness type experiences, we live in such a I've been thinking about this a lot, but we live in such a comfort driven society that anything that feels wrong or bad or uncomfortable, uh, we, we tend to think like something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like we need to fix it. We need to get more comfortable. Um, and, and, and I, I think, you know, she is having the proper response to her wilderness experience Yes, and that she's mm-hmm. pouring out her heart before the Lord. And, uh, and and I think that's the same way that, you know, so there might be some of us, even listeners today, that, who are who are walking through a wilderness type experience. And I would say, come before the Lord. Mm-hmm. He may have you in this experience because He wants to meet you in a very mm-hmm. real and personal and intimate way. Uh So come before Him and just pour your heart yeah. out before the Lord.
2: Yeah, and she tells Eli, "I'm speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation." And uh, Jen and I were having a, a interesting conversation yesterday, just kind of talking about like is anxiety sinful? When is anxiety sinful? You know, obviously we have the command of Jesus, like, mm-hmm. do not be anxious about anything. Um, but then we also see Jesus like sweating blood in the garden of Gethsemane, And he's in, in one sense, like anxious about, you know, this, this great turmoil he's feeling. And, um, elsewhere, you know, we, we have here this anxiety that doesn't seem like this, rebellion against God or not trusting God, but it's, right. it's life in the wilderness as, as the language you're kind of using says, right. and yeah, it, it is just such a, a powerful, um, a, a powerful example of that. And then also just a great, you know, I, I think, especially in light of kind of our historical moment in the church, it's really, um, telling to me how she is forsaken by her religious leader or, or assumed the worst of by her religious leader, Mm -hmm. but the Lord hears her. Mm. And you know, there's so much uh, language in the Bible about bad shepherds and and wolves. And I just find that so encouraging that even in the midst of that, that God hears her and works redemption.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, well, I was just—that's a lot of good stuff, y'all. Yeah, it is. it is, It is. And I know I'm we excited. Need to move on,
1: but you're referencing verse 20 that God mm. hears her because she does in this passage end up conceiving. She has a son, and she calls him she calls him Samuel, which yeah. which means that God hears. That's right. Mm. And so um, the Lord has has heard her in this wilderness experience. Amen. May we all be like Hannah. Yeah. Yep. All right, for Jennifer McClish, I'm Will Carlisle.
2: <laughs> That's staying Let's in there. That's go. staying in there. All
1: right, let me do that one again. For Jennifer McClish and Will Carlisle, I'm Barrett Fisher. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's word.